going on, everybody? This is Dr. Mario Sacasa. Welcome to the Always Hope Podcast, a production of Willwood's Faith and Marriage. Grateful to have you listening today and chiming in on another amazing episode. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the Saints today. Coming from Southern Louisiana, we're not talking about the football team, the New Orleans Saints. Of course, that's a low-hanging fruit pun right there. But uh, the real Saints, why do we pray to them? Why is this important? Why is this even a thing in the Catholic Church? How does praying to the saints help us on our spiritual journey towards heaven? So joining me on the podcast today to help me answer these questions is Father Bryce Higginbotham, priest of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, Louisiana, and author of the book, Daily Lessons from the Saints, 52 Weeks of Inspiration and Encouragement by Rock Ridge Press. In this episode, we discuss the reasons Catholic venerate saints, how to begin a devotion to a particular saint if you've never actually done anything like this before, in erroneous ways of praying to the saints, and we also get into a couple of my pet peeves uh, with people and how people talk about the saints or how saintly life is presented. Let's just leave it for that. And we also talk about Father Bryce's book in great detail, and he shares some of the surprising nuggets he has learned while doing the research for the book. So stick around for the show. You're going to love it. When it's done, please check us out at faithinmarriage.org so you can find out about upcoming marriage retreats or read past blog posts or listen to past episodes of the Always Hope podcast. Check it all out at faithinmarriage.org. Let's get into the show with Father Bryce Higginbotham. Father Bryce Higginbotham, welcome to the Always Hope podcast. How are you doing? Thanks, Dr. Mario. I'm doing great. Great morning and great to be here with you. Oh, man, it's the pleasure is sincerely all mine. Again, I'm grateful to, for your time. I know that you're in the midst of this transition in your life right now, leaving the parish yes. and going to, to, to get some studies. So I'm, I'm happy I can get you right here in this little window where you had uh, some free time to, to kind of chat about your new book. <laughs> so, so tell me, introduce yourself to the audience. Um, tell us what you got going on. Well, uh, my name is Father Bryce Higginbotham. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau uh, down here in, in South South Louisiana, um, South, south of New south, Orleans. South Louisiana, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, just a couple hours from the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And, yeah, I've been a priest for I've been a priest for four years. Um, I was a, a parochial vicar for two years. I pastored a parish for two years. Um, and now I'm, uh, I'm going back to school uh, to get a degree in uh, sacred scripture. Um, so I'm super excited. Uh, to go off and study the Bible, and um, yeah, have been blessed to do all kinds of other little projects um, in the midst of that. But I mean, I'm a priest. I'm, I take care of people and help people to love Jesus. Please, God. Amen. That's what you, that's that's what it's all about. You know, is uh, mm-hmm. loving people and leading them to the Lord, and and through the gift of your priesthood, being able to offer the sacraments and and to guide yes. people, you know, in their spiritual journey, which is fantastic. So. Uh, it was a pleasure teaching you as a seminarian at, at Notre Dame Seminary many, many years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so there's, my, there's my one claim to fame. You know, I was one of your seminary professors. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you're a professor to other people who are bigger than me, too. So. Well, I, don't, I don't know about that. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's great. Um, all right. So let's, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're, 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 I was inspired by, by your book, uh, The Daily Lessons from the Saints, 52 Weeks of Inspiration and Encouragement. And, uh, and really kind of in, in my own journey of, of over the last six, seven months, I think I've talked about this a few times in the podcast, my journey with COVID and kind of dealing with the very sickness in the long hauler syndrome of all that, that I really have been just reading a lot. One of the, one of the opportunities that's, that's been given to me in this time is that I've been able to just kind of really read and, uh, and been able to dive into some positive psychology but then also really reading some about the lives of the saints. And uh, I've read um, in some of the saints that I normally actually don't kind of genuinely read. So like the mystics, for example, it's been kind of a whole area of the saintly life that I've kind of not really touched in, in for reasons I'll share kind of a little bit in the show, but, uh, but, but I've just been fascinated by reading a little bit more about the saints and, and maybe uh, I just want to grow my understanding of, of what this what this is and why we have this tradition in, in the church and uh, and looking for hope. You know, obviously that's what the show is about. And so looking for stories of, of, of lives, of heroic virtue of men and women who have lived their lives in accordance to the Christian values, but then appealing to them and in the belief that we have as, as a Catholic faith that there is this communion that we still experience and that we are able to share with, um, that this communion exists with the saints who, who are in heaven right now, that, that even in death, they, they have moved on and that their souls are, are glorifying God in, in, in for all eternity. So that's what we're going to be talking about for today. 
All right. Great. So uh, what inspired you to write the book? Let's start there. What, 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 with all the various projects that you have, I know you're a busy guy, pastor, and in many videos that you do for the diocese and active on social media and all the wonderful things that you are doing. What, what inspired you to say, man, I still need to take time to, to write this thing? Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a crazy story. Yeah. So I was, it was like, I don't know, uh, October, November, probably around Advent time of 2019, I think. And uh, I, I did something that not smart, but right before bed, I checked my email. And <laughs> it's the worst thing you do. <laughs> that's it. Yes. So, um, of course, it's two hours later, I actually went to bed. But I, so I checked my email and I see this email from um, this guy named Matt who says he's the acquisitions editor um, for the, the, the company of Rockridge Press, who, who published the book. And he said, look, um, we have this idea for a book on the saints and we want you we want you to write it. And I, I said to myself, clearly, this is a scam. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> yes. No. Um, so I, you know, I Google people and I find an article from the New York Times that says that there are these newer publishers. And what they do is they somehow um, uh, get the information of what people are looking for online, mm. like what people are typing in on Google and, and, and that kind of stuff. Mm. And then after they see what people are, are wanting, what people are looking for, then they come up with ideas for books based upon that. And then they find somebody who they think can write it. Wow. And so, so this, this color, the, the parent company of Rockridge Press, the publisher, they were listed as one of these people in the New York Times article. So I said, OK, clearly, clearly they're legit. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I had I had a phone call uh, with the acquisitions editor and uh, and we went from there. And uh, one of the things for I had a little bit of um, hesitation in writing the book because or in saying yes to the book, because. I'm not an expert. Like I, I haven't studied in depth, like the lives of the saints. I, I, I mean, I've studied the saints. I have devotion to the saints and all that, but I, di I didn't feel in any way an expert. Mm -hmm. And um, as I brought that to the Lord and, and was like, Lord, do you want me to do this? And what, what kept coming up consistently was, uh, Bryce, you do this all the time at weekday mass. No, it's the memorial of St. Somebody as the feast of St. Mary Magdalene or, or whatever. And in your homily, at Sunday Mass, you talk for five minutes about the saint and how that saint helps us to live as a Christian mm -hmm. and live as a disciple of Jesus. So why can't you write that down? So I felt like at that point it was a, it was a, a gift from not a gift. It was an invitation from the Lord through through uh, the, the company and all these things. And so I just sat down and and, and got to it. Um, and yeah, well, I'll, I'll say more about the rest later. No, no, I think that's great. That's fantastic because then, yeah, you're right. I mean, these opportunities present themselves, you pray, you discern. It's a wonderful, wonderful step there. And you could have said no for sure, but you did your job in investigating this company and, and, and seeing if this is legit and finding that it was, and then saying, okay, Lord, yes, thank you. This is an opportunity for me to be able to do what I'm already doing in mass and homilies. So let me just kind of write this down. And, uh, and it seems like it's been, it's been good. Good decision. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it does. It seems like it's helped people um, to, to know Jesus a little bit better through mm -hmm. the intercession and the example of the saints. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're all about. And, and fantastic. Exciting. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share about the story before we dive into some of the content here? Well, I guess just I've been roped into so many projects over the course <laughs> of the past four years as I've yeah. been a priest. And um, but it's it's always been or almost always uh, the vast majority of time has been that just somebody said, hey, Father Bryce, would you do this? Hey, Father Bryce, would you do that? And um, all of these things kind of I, I found just work together, like to help me to be closer to Jesus hmm. personally. And then. Um, one thing builds on another in a sense that I, I do one project and then another project comes up mm -hmm. and more people get to know about these things and more people tell me that they're, they're helped in knowing Jesus. And so I, I'm really, was, this book was kind of a key for me to see the providence of God, mm -hmm. like how God works all all the things, especially the things that I'm disappointed that I, that I've gotten disappointed about. Mm -hmm. um, he works all the things in my life to help me be holy and to help me live as a disciple. And then doing that, that I can help other people. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's just been a real blessing to see and to watch and to receive. Yeah. 
you know, uh, God, God is faithful. God is faithful. Yeah. And uh, when we are at times, I, I know the feeling of feeling like you, you're, you're constantly butting your head against the wall or knocking your head against the wall in terms of trying to do different things. And maybe not feeling like the fruits of all of those are, are as clear as you would want them to be. But that's the place, like you said, of trust and providence that God is, God is seeing and, and God's working out things and allowing time to kind of unfold in a certain way. And, and, and those right opportunities will, will present themselves. And so we, we, we offer that as hope and encouragement to anybody listening who does feel like maybe things aren't quite lining up for them. But, but if we're faithful to God and we're saying yes to the opportunities and discerning the right things, then, then, uh, then certainly uh, God repays that. We hope, we believe. Yeah, I'm always, 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 always. always. Sometimes okay. in this life, and if not, like in, in the next life, if not with glory in heaven. Well, that's a great transition to talk about the next life then. <laughs> there it is. Well, well done. You set me up perfectly for it. <laughs> so the saints, all right, this is a, obviously it is a, a, a tradition um, in, the, in the Catholic faith, of course, that we um, honor men and women who have lived a heroic life. And not only that we believe that, um, that we only, not only do we study their lives because of the model that they are for us, but then also, of course, we believe that, that they are still alive in, in heaven and glorifying God. Um, so let's just talk a little bit more about that. All right. Tell me just your thoughts on, on this tradition, you know, that exists, this teaching, why, why, why should we care? about the saints? Why is this an important aspect of our faith? Why, why studying about the lives of these men and women? Why does this, why should this lead us closer to God? Why is this something that we should incorporate in our spiritual journey? Why is this important? Mm -hmm. I think the basic, the basic answer is that uh, we need help. I need help. Mm -hmm. I can't do it alone. I can't live as a disciple of Jesus alone. No, uh, almost nobody, very few people um, over the entire course of history have lived as disciples of Jesus alone. He gathered 12 apostles. There were the 72 outside of that. There were the crowds outside of that. There were the women who provided for the needs. When Jesus sent them out on mission, they went two by two. And so, so the basic answer is that we need help. So second question, why should we be looking for help for people from people who have died? who have passed away from this life. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are two places in the Bible that um, give us particularly clear insight into that. Number one is in the Gospels, Jesus is talking to um, the Sadducees who didn't believe in the resurrection. And he goes back to the first five books of the Bible, to Genesis, in fact, to the first book of the Bible. And he says that God uh, says, to Moses, uh, is, this is not just this is Exodus chapter three, I think. Sure. Um, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, and God is not, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is affirming that these saints, these Old Testament uh, holy men are in fact living. They are somehow alive with God. So if, if there are these people who have gone before us and who are alive with God, well, then it makes sense that they can provide us with help. Then if we go to the fifth chapter of the book of James in the New Testament, we see that the fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power in its effects. And then uh, the Bible continues to give the example of Elijah. The fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power in its effects. Well, who is more righteous, who is more just, who, who has been um, definitively justified more or, or at all than somebody who is living with God, like Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or John the Baptist or Joseph or Mary or um, James, who had been martyred by that point, anybody else. And so they're living with God and their prayers have great power. So just like uh, Dr. Moore asked you to pray for me, right? And I say, I'm going to pray for you. And we do. Uh, and that's a very good thing. So too, these saints who are alive and who are objectively closer to God than I am or than you are, because mm -hmm. they're up there with him in heaven. Then of course, yes, of course they, I should, they, they are willing and able to help me. Mm -hmm. 
So first is just, just teaching that we believe, of course, in the eternal life. We believe, of course, that there is life after death. And if we hear Christ speak about it beautifully when you said in terms of reflecting back on, on the Old Testament patriarchs and saying that he's the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that these are men who at that point were thousands of years prior to Jesus, you know, making mm-hmm. that claim to the Sadducees. And so it's, it's, it's important to, to be mindful then to say that, okay, then God is, um, well, I mean, this is, I mean, that's, it's an act of faith, you know, to believe then that, that after we pass our soul certainly moves on into, into this other reality. And based on how we've lived our life, that, that we, we are allowed to be able to grow closer to God and the choices that we make that allow us to move towards purgatory and then purgatory and then towards, towards heaven. And so, being able to believe and to see that God is affirming that and saying, oh, yes, these are men who are still living. And they're, they're, they're not just living, but, but probably living even more fully, of course, because they are within the full um, reality of, of, of God himself. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is, when I mean, we talk about hope in the show, of course, like heaven is the ultimate hope. Heaven yeah. is, it's the reality of the resurrection of the body. It's the, it's the, the truth of heaven that becomes our, our, our singular hope, the, the, the anchor that we can throw into the future, I think is, is the image that Benedict uses in Space Alvi. It's, it's like he says, it's like you throw this anchor into the future and heaven is the, is the rock that it, that it kind of holds onto. It kind of passes into the space that, that that's what we're believing and that's what we're walking through. And, and so even that- if within ourselves, we have, of course, doubts about our own mortality, doubts about our own existence, uh, doubts about our, our own kind of experiences, we, we can look then to, as you said so beautifully, these teachings in scripture where Christ is affirming over and over again that no, there is a truth about life after, after death. And, uh, and it's something that we need to, we need to be attentive to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Pope Benedict in Space Alvey there, he's riffing on the letter to the Hebrews, mm-hmm. where it says hope mm-hmm. is an anchor, like you said, cast beyond the veil. And the veil in the ancient temple was what separated the holy of holies from the, the holy place. And it was where God's presence dwelt in a particular, in a particular, in a particular way, a particularly, I guess, substantial way. Hmm. So it's a symbol of heaven. So hmm. when, when the author of Hebrews inspired by the Holy Spirit says, hope is that anchor cast beyond the veil. It's exactly that is hmm. that our hope is in heaven because I, Heaven is everything. Hmm. Like we have everything. Mm-hmm. All of our desires are fulfilled. Like that's what somebody says. Uh, and Ralph Martin write, wrote the book. Right. It's the fulfillment, the fulfillment of all desires. All of our desires. Right. And if we if we can keep our focus there, like well, like no, no suffering on this earth. And the saints so so well teaches that. And right. no suffering on this earth can compare. Um, and not that we want to suffer, not that we try to suffer on earth. But we can bear it with holiness, with grace, with patience, because I know that this is helping me go to beyond the veil where that, that anchor is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's why we have an anchor for the show. I mean, that's the, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's no coincidence that, that Hebrews passage, of course, rings near and dear to my heart. Um, but it is, it is. Again, it's, 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 it, you're right in terms of like, um, I mean, like when we suffer, um, at times it's, it, it's the temptation is for us to, to, to cast dispersions on God or to cast um, doubt on God's providence because of, because of the experiences that we've had. And, and, and that's not to, to take away from the reality of suffering. I mean, like I've suffered, I've had crises of faith and doubts and moments where, where it's been very difficult for sure. But, but the assurance and the truth of the church um, is, is then that reality is more than just my subjective experience. You know, that mm. reality with a capital R is something more than what I'm, I'm even capable of comprehending. And I think to some degree, we understand this when we think about even like cosmology and physics, you know, like, like scientists will talk about like black holes and being like, we don't really know what's in there. I mean, like, that's like the limits of physics. Like, like the material world gets really wonky when you start talking about a black hole, you know? So there's, there's limits in, in terms of knowledge, knowledge, even when it comes to like, just this, a material experience, or if anybody's been watching Loki and talking about multiverses and things like this, like there are theories, theorists who have ideas about what all these different things mean and what happens, you know, 
But at the end of the day, so all of that's still material. But but even within our material world, we're like, we don't have a full grasp of everything that's happening within the cosmos, you know? And so how much more so than when we start experiencing what life is outside of the material and to see the grandeur of God's goodness um, in its full and to be able to have the eyes to see that um, is, is nothing short than the most appropriate term, of course, is the term that the church uses, which is the beatific vision. That mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the, the, the most beautiful, uh, the most serene, the most um, sublime, um, all, all becomes clear to us. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and that is a, a tremendous promise um, that, that God has given to us. Mm-hmm. So, so we believe that. We believe in the promises that are there. Um, and so then the second part that you said, which was great is to recognize then that because we're still on this journey, we need help and we, we need to surround ourselves then with people who are, uh, both here together, friendships and, and, and confidants, uh, who can support us along this journey of faith, but then also appealing then to the saints and to those who are, um, already in heaven and, uh, and, and recognizing that their prayers and their, their, their intercession is, is valuable and is, and is meaningful, um, what more do you want to say to that? What more can you offer? I think that there's two ways, at least two ways that come to my mind right now that the saints help us. They, they help us by their intercession. And because God likes to work together with people, like God, like a good father, right. Who, who just delights to see his children doing things, um, is uh, likes to work together with people that their intercession, their prayers before the throne of God, like just just actually affects things mm-hmm. on earth. Um, that that's one way that they help us, and that's awesome. And another way that they help us is by their example. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as you were talking, Dr. Mario, I thought about um, this wonderful woman with whom I worked. Um, at, uh, at one of the parishes where, where I was assigned and she, um, she was a convert to Catholicism and, um, she was working before she came to the parish. She was, was many, many years ago, she was working at a nursing home and there were some Catholics who would go to the nursing home to visit the elderly mm-hmm. and they had some kind of joy about them. They were, they were living some kind of fullness of life. And she said, I want what they have. Mm. And then she learned that they were Catholic. And then she began investigating the Catholic church. And she began talking to Jesus about that in prayer. And she became Catholic. And, and now she's working at this parish and doing wonderful things. Um, and the thing, you see, it's the saints in heaven and the, the, those of us who are striving to be saints, who have been baptized and who are living as disciples on earth, our role is not different in kind, but it's maybe different in location mm-hmm. or degree or something. Mm-hmm. So just like um, Cindy, with whom I work, saw these Catholics who were living this joyful life of faith. So too, when I read a book about St. St. Joan of Arc or St. Cyril and Methodius or St. John Paul II or whoever, then I'm also inspired. I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I want those kind. I want those virtues. I want those gifts. And so it's both active intercession and, and help and inspiration in, in their stories. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Because, uh, because yeah, we, 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 I mean, listen, you said it earlier. I mean, like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm far away from God. I think it's kind of what you said earlier. So, so I appreciate that, you know, <laughs> in terms of like the, the saints, obviously are much closer to God than I am. And, uh, we need, we need help. We need, we need their intercession, but we need their stories. And, and I think the story aspect of it, we, I think we all resonate with, you know, obviously I was joking about Loki earlier, or, or, but there's a reason why these superhero movies make a bazillion dollars. There's a reason why mm-hmm. Hollywood is, a, is an industry. I mean, it's, it's storytelling narratives that, that drive our lives that we look mm-hmm. for stories that are, that are meaningful characters that we can relate with. And those are of course, fictional, you know, um, but being able to then hear about true stories of inspiration and, and a lot of movies, of course, have been made about circumstances related to World War II. There's always another World War II movie because there's always a, a new heroic story or a new angle that, that, that comes out up, up, upon it. And so like even more so than when it comes to the saints, and I think that's the place maybe to begin is when you're thinking about, okay, well, where, where do I start? You know, um, you, you, that's it. I mean, is in terms of reading the stories and just trying to figure out who are people 
that you kind of connect with. You know, the the beautiful thing about the the the, mm-hmm. the church in terms of the Catholic faith certainly is that that there is a, a a wide variety of people who've made it into heaven. You know, the least canonic like that we canonize and we and we look at other stories and we say there's a whole gamut, you know, of 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 individuals who have lived lives um, very differently from one another, except mm-hmm. that the common denominator, of course, is their love for Christ. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's, a, that, that's an important place to start because sometimes we may think that there's like a cookie cutter, there's a mold that we're supposed to fit. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, I think I heard Peter Crave say this, and I think it's beautiful. He says, you know, it's like, when you look at the, the commandments that, that God has, it's like, a, those, are the, those are the boundaries, of course, of what you should and shouldn't do. But within that boundary is a massive sandbox that you get to play in. And so mm-hmm. it's not so much just about thinking about like, what are the vices and what are the things I shouldn't do or should do, but it's really about like how the creative energies that God has given to you, that you are given freedom to be able to express given the circumstances that you find yourself in, uh, given the life that you're living, given the vocation that you live, that each of these are, are ways that God is calling you to manifest his grace and goodness in a particular and unique way. And so mm-hmm. we, we, we look into the lives of the saints and we find great hope in their stories um, because we see just genuinely how different uh, they, they all are. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess, you know, what's the, what's the right way here then? You know, if there's a right way of kind of starting or reading about the stories or praying to the saints, what, what, what's kind of an encouragement or, or a thought that we can offer there to, to the listener? I, I don't know if there's so much of a right way, like you have to do it this way, but I'll give, I'll give some thoughts. Um, I would say, uh, start with your name. Hmm. So if you're, if, if you were named after a saint, then go, go read about that saint, go, 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 go find them. And that doesn't mean, so my, um, my first name is Samuel. My middle name is Bryce. Um, I'm named Samuel after my daddy for which I'm very grateful, mm-hmm. but it ha- not necessarily having anything to do with Samuel, the prophet from the old Testament. Um, and my middle name is Bryce. I didn't know there was a St. Bryce until I was in the seminary. Uh, and like the 19- I didn't know there was a St. Bryce until you just said it. So, yeah. yeah. So, but, but in, in the days of the internet, uh, you just, you just Google that. Mm-hmm. So if your name is Paul, well, you go read about Paul and the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. Um, if your name is Timothy, you go read the letter of Paul to Timothy mm-hmm. and, and, and you, you know, go on the internet and the stuff about the saints on the internet is generally not bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, usually the first thing you find will be, you know, good. Um, right. And if you, if you, if something like, no, no, go, go talk to your priest, right. Mm-hmm. Just catch your priest after mass and, um, and ask him. So that's where I would start. Like I would, I would start with your name um, because I am convinced that the, those saints with whom we share names in baptism are praying for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am convinced that Samuel, the prophet, um, and, and, and St. Bryce from Tour France, uh, 1500 years ago, have been praying for me since I was baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I didn't necessarily know it for a long time. So that's where I would start. Um, after that, you could always go and look up your, you know, the things that, that give you life, um, the things that you like to do or, or hobbies or your profession. And there's a patron saint of that and you can learn, learn about that mm-hmm. person. Um, and then, um, and just ask them, just ask them to help you, right? It's doing both. It's being inspired by their life and with faith that they are living in heaven with God is asking for their help. Mm. Um, Tell a story. Can I tell a story? Please. Absolutely. I, I was um, uh, several, several years ago, uh, I, I did a 30 a, a day Ignatian retreat, the spiritual exercises. And um, St. Ignatius has a deep devotion to the Blessed Mother. And um, I, I love the Blessed Mother. And, and it, it was probably about day 12, 13, 14 or something uh, of the retreat where I was, I was in the church making a holy hour. And I realized that like I hadn't talked to or really thought about Mary for the whole first part of the retreat. And I thought that was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I'm in church. I just said, like, Mary, where are you? Like, are you here on a tree? Like, am I, am I doing something wrong? And I heard just not a voice, like just, just in my thoughts. Um, but it, it seemed like it was probably the blessed mother. And I think it was just inspiring my thoughts right by the time. 
He said, I'm, I'm right here. I'm in the background praying for you, like mm-hmm. I always am. And if you need me, you, you come ask me for help. Mm-hmm. But just know that your focus on Jesus, obviously, doesn't offend me. You don't have to like be thinking about me all the time. But I am here praying for you. Mm-hmm. And when you need help, you ask me. And um, I have taken that with me over these past, I don't know, six, seven, eight years since I made that retreat. And um, I, I honestly, I, I don't like pray a rosary every day or anything like that, but I do pray decades of the rosary. And, um, and especially if I'm in prayer and it's a time of a significant dryness or, um, or there was a time a couple years after that, which was uh, very, very, very hard for me. And I found like almost every holy hour, like I didn't know what to do. So I would take out my rosary and just start praying because I'd had this comfort that Mary was was there praying for me. And I, I am convinced that uh, many saints are just doing that, doing that in the background. Um, and you, know, you, you mentioned, I, I don't remember if this was before we started recording or not, sure. but um, about like uh, wrong ways to react uh, to interact with the saints we'll and get I to think, that in a second but but okay. if you have a quick antidote we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and offer it well it's just that i don't have to be doing some thing to like appease mary and convince her to be praying for me right my mama we are in in addition to my earthly mama who is wonderful and we are in relationship and she is supporting me mm-hmm. um, so i think that knowing that is very helpful very comforting in, in the way that you said it, in, in, in that, like, it's important for us to appeal to their intercession for our own sake, in terms of our own awareness and uh, comfort and support that we receive when we draw attention to it. But recognizing also that they're praying for us um, because that's what they're doing. And even whether we appeal to the intercession or not, um, that, that, that that is certainly the case. Um, I, I love the suggestion of starting with your, uh, your, um, your, your, pa- your namesakes. And I've done that. My Mario obviously is derivative of Mary and my mom's name is Maria. So that that's where that comes from. And then my middle name is Alberto. Um, so Albert with an O. And so, uh, so St. Albert, the great, uh, pray for us, um, which I've been grateful to, to have him as a, as an intercessor. And then certainly, yeah, going into some confirmation saints and names that I've picked up. But then, you know, along the way of life, there's been certain saints that I've connected with. Um, I did an episode about Walter Chiswick a couple of years ago, and uh, I know he's a servant of God, not, but he's on the journey toward, towards, I hope, towards, towards saint, sainthood, canonized sainthood. But he's somebody who's become a companion of mine over, over the last couple of years and, uh, and others. Um, it's funny. That, that, so this is maybe because I, well, not maybe. You know, I watch a lot of movies. Obviously, I talk about this in the show often. Uh-huh. And so, so these things kind of pop up. So I've, al- I've always thought about like, this is super silly and ridiculous. But like, you know how Pixar always makes these like little five minute shorts before a movie? Mm-hmm. I just thought it would be funny if like, if like thinking about like heaven and being like, all right, when we first get to heaven, like when we first get to heaven, like with everybody who dies or something, right? And let's just forget the specifics of this, okay? In terms of like, we all, purgatory time, whatever. Don't worry about the semantics of them. Just this is, this is the Pixar short that, that I have in my mind, you know? Is that like, there's a large group of us that are kind of getting into heaven. I envision heaven, like the first wave of heaven is like this big hall. And like the saints are all there waiting for us, you know? And they're all like in their own little like, alcoves you know and there's like long queues for like the real the real popular ones so there's like a longer queue for like john paul ii everybody's waiting ready to get to him or there's a long line for catherine of siena or there's like a long line of Teresa of avila you know but then i always think about like the little saints who maybe people don't know about so much like father bryce for example saint bryce here i didn't know there was a saint bryce you know or maybe some other saints that i have no idea exist they're still up there in this large hall but maybe their queue isn't isn't as long and uh I don't know. It just always cracks me up thinking about that. I, they don't care about how long their line is, you know, like I understand that, but, but thinking about like they're cause, cause collectively they're all there uh, ready to receive us. And uh, I mean, I think there'll be beauty in terms of understanding that, that maybe there are some of them who have been praying for us that we don't even know, we're not even aware of, and uh, that we'll be able to, to, to relate to them, you know, in, in a particular way uh, for all time and eternity. So anyways, that's, silly stuff i know (laughs) 
Hey everybody, this is Dr. Mario. I'm taking a quick break from my conversation with Father Bryce just to encourage you to check us out at faithinmarriage.org. Again, faithinmarriage.org, we desire to be a resource for you and your relationship, wherever that relationship might be. We want to help you in your journey towards Christ to grow closer in intimacy with your spouse and with the Lord. So check us out at faithinmarriage.org. You can sign up for one of our upcoming marriage retreats. You can also download our United in Love United in Christ at Home Edition program, a six-part program that Jason Angelette put together with his wife, Elise. You can also listen to past episodes of the Always Hope podcast, as well as reading other blogs that myself or Jason have available for you on the website. So check us out at faithandmarriage.org. All right, so let's transition here for a second. Thinking then about, as you said, about like the, the good ways in terms of where to begin with, with praying for the saints, but, uh, but maybe there's some ways that are, in, I don't say inappropriate, but maybe they're inappropriate, you know, in terms of how, how we should not approach kind of both mm-hmm. of these. Because I think there can be errors that can fall on, on both sides of this, where there it's that if the two things that we're upholding is the model, the story of their life, together with their current intercession, these are the two reasons why we appeal to the saints. But I think there can be errors that exist kind of on both of these things that I've seen, at least. So I'm going to offer this as, as some thoughts and kind of pick your brain on this. Um, for the, the first one of kind of looking at their story and, 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 and model of their life, sometimes it can be that we feel um, that their life is unattainable, mm-hmm. you know, that the, the experiences that they've had are something that just doesn't relate to me. And this is honestly what I was kind of alluding to when I said earlier about like reading the lives of the mystics right now, Avila, Teresa of Avila and, and Catherine of Siena are two that I've been kind of enamored with here as of late. I haven't been interested in, in reading their lives up until now, to be perfectly honest, because reading about people who have locutions or levitation in prayer is so far removed from my personal day-to-day experience that it, it doesn't... Um, I, I just don't connect with, I don't connect with it. And it, I, I haven't felt like there's something that I can glean from it because it's so far away. There's, there's a difficulty in me being able to, to look at that and to say, well, how do I adopt that into my life? Um, mm-hmm. That, that, and the reality is you can't, it's just pure grace. I mean, that's just what the answer is. And so, so I'm older now, I understand that more and, and, and I can read it in terms of being able to say, okay, well, then I, I understand a little bit more why God gives those particular graces to people. But I didn't younger my faith. I didn't understand that. And I wasn't, I wasn't really drawn to that because I didn't feel like it was something that I could apply into my own life. So I, mm-hmm. I offer that, you know, to people as, as being able to say, okay, then, you know, find people who you feel that you can relate to. And if they're ones that you don't relate to, then, then just let it go. Like, it's okay. There's, there's plenty others to, to choose from. I think sometimes also what, what can fall maybe is that you feel that, oh, because they've been given these particular graces, one, maybe even a sense of comparison, or a sense of jealousy, you know, that like, well, God, you've given it to this person. Why don't, why don't you give me that same thing? Or what could also happen is, uh, is maybe that you feel that, well, because God gives it to them, then therefore God is going to give it to me. And then you can kind of almost fabricate some of these particular graces and, and try to live your life exactly that way that discredits the uniqueness of your own experiences in, in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, one is, is we can fall into traps of, of feeling like we have to read about the lives of certain people because these are the big names and we got to do it. Okay, great. But, but maybe you're not, maybe that's not where you're at in your journey of faith. Just, just let that go for a little bit. Focus on the people that, that you feel like you can connect with and then work towards that. Or maybe not. It's okay. So that's one. And then the other piece is, is resisting any sense of comparison uh, to your own state of life, to theirs. Because sometimes we can feel, like I said, um, uh, overwhelmed by how virtuous some of these people are and, 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 uh, and so belittled at times it can provoke our own sense of shame or, or, or jealousy or anything else that really is not coming from the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. so I'll stop there and then I'll get into some thoughts about the, the intercession piece. What, what, what do you think about what, what I offered with regards to kind of comparison and jealousy and, 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 and some of that stuff? Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, Dr. Moore, I am a big fan of old books. Yeah. Um, however, a lot, actually, a, a lot of the old books on the lives of the saints often only say the good stuff. 
and they, and they they fail to say the 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 hard stuff. And I don't I don't know maybe they had some good reason for that, but but at least today it seems like for for whatever reason we need to see that these people are 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 people. Right. And they, they didn't um, they didn't come out of their mother's womb, you know, uh, with halos around their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had to grow in virtue and just like just like we just like we have to. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that it is important to. Um, to, as best we can when we're reading about the saints to read about the fullness of the life of the life of the saint and the, the a saintly life is not one of no struggle actually a saintly life is one of a lot of struggle and struggle overcome by God's grace I think that's really important you know like um like with Saint Teresa of Avila you read all the mystical writings and 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 also read the story which I think is true uh, about the time when she was on a journey and she fell off of the wagon that was being pulled off the horse into the mud. And everybody knows the story. She looks at God and she says, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. <laughs> we need to hear stuff like that because that kind of stuff happens to us. It, right. happens, it happens to me. And um, if I don't, if I, if I think that I'm not supposed to encounter adversity, and then when I do encounter adversity, I will lose hope. But if I can read about how the saints encountered and by the grace of God, clearly, clearly by the grace of God, overcame the adverse and said, oh, I can have hope because God is going to provide for me too. I think that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that piece, you're right on in terms of like, and I don't know, I think this is part of the church as a whole, to be sincere, that we always want to kind of maybe sometimes focus too much on on the good and forget the, the struggle. I do think in all honesty, like social media is going to be a game changer when we start talking about saints that are alive right now. You know, part of the process of canonization is that you have to take the full body of the writings of life and be able to assess it and to see if any of it is free of error. At this point, to be perfectly honest, I'm like, good luck. <laughs> you know, like if you're going to have to accumulate everybody's Instagram posts, Facebook posts, TikTok videos, everything. I mean, and to assume then that it's not going to be any error in any of these, any of these, these writings you know, that, that we have, I think it's going to pose a real challenge in terms of like moving forward when we start talking about saints that are, that are living in, in today's day and age that are engaged in these things. Now, maybe there's some, of course, but we see this all the time where people, old tweets get drugged up, you know, dragged up or whatever, you know, people get in trouble for things that they said 15 years ago that happens in the media all the time. And they tend to be contrite about it and recognize that, you know, I was a mistake. I was at a younger age and, and, and I'm not that person anymore. Um, please don't hold me to that standard anymore. And so I think that's going to be a real, that's, this is a sidebar, but I think that's going to be a real challenge. All of this is going to pose real challenges when we start looking at the canonization process going forward, which to some degree I feel I'm okay with in the sense to your point, that's like, if we can then see and map out a journey of somebody's progression of faith and we can map out, um, and see almost in real time, you know, how people have made a transition from, from maybe a life that was one way. And then you can see it kind of moving towards a life now that is something else. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's actually a beautiful way of being able to kind of hopefully assess and, and look at these technologies, you know, that are, that are present to us. Yeah. I mean, if, if Mary Magdalene can become a saint mm-hmm. and a great mm-hmm. saint, mm-hmm. the apostle to the apostles, mm-hmm. then surely, surely we seven demons, probably a prostitute. Yep. I mean, and this, she encountered Jesus and she changed. Right. And, and then even, even with the, like theological error, I mean, St. Thomas Aquinas was wrong about the Immaculate Conception. Right. And he is the angelic doctor. I mean, he is the best theologian in the history of the church. Yes. St. Augustine, he, towards the end of his life, he, well, first of all, early in his life, right, he resisted Christianity over and over again. Right. He had a mistress, all these things. He had all these lust problems and whatever. And, and he had a conversion. And, but then even after he had a conversion, he, he, he at the end of his life, he wrote retractions mm-hmm. of his theological works. Right. Not, not all of them, obviously, but things that he got wrong. And I do think that if we can be more um, upfront. Yes. About those kind of things. And like you said, chart the path. Not that not that wrongness is okay, right? Surely not that sin is okay. Of course. But that but that God we did not come out of our mother's wombs with halos. Yes. Um or with fully formed intellects. Like no n- nobody did that. Right. Um I, I think I do. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay. So then the second piece in terms of intercession with the saints. Um, you know, I'm Hispanic in in Nicaragua. Every little town 
you know, has a devotion to a saint. And then there's always a, a festival that, that follows this. And, uh, and so devotion to the saints is, is big in the Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think it, uh, to be honest, some of it, I, I feel may border on superstition to be, to be perfectly honest, where, uh, I don't mean to disparage my culture. I'm, I'm Hispanic. I love my heritage. I love my faith. I love the Catholic tradition that's been given to me. But sometimes it's like you have a little ailment, you know, you say your prayer to this saint, you know, you, you have this little thing, you say a prayer to this other saint, you have this little thing and, and you, you, and so it's almost like they're all like little genies that you just kind of rub the lamps and, uh, and you have the particular one that does this and the particular one does this and the particular one does this, this. And if you're from this area, you got this one and this one, this one. And so there, there certainly is a, an element of it that, that as we've been talking about beautifully in terms of relationship and, and certainly even this morning, I was. I was, I lost something, you know, I was looking right before the interview, I was looking for something that I thought I needed. And I was like, all right, St. Tony, St. Tony, please look around. You know, something's been lost and can't be found. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. so like, I, you know, we, we, we know these things. And, and if I'm saying that just as like a, like a lucky rabbit's foot, well then yeah, it becomes a superstition. But, but if that prayer is, is sincere, even if it's cutesy or whatever, but if it's sincere, you know, Hail Mary full of grace, help me find a parking space. You know, there's another one, you know, like that, <laughs> like, like if we, if we say these things with, with sincerity, you know, then then genuine intercession, it's genuine prayer. Um, but I think sometimes that can get lost in if, if, if we fall into something that we feel that it just becomes a superstition or uh, a lucky rabbit's foot or um, some type of, you know, little, little magic eight ball magic trick type of thing. Um, but that would be an error that I've, that I've encountered uh, sometimes when it comes to the saints and prayer to praying to them. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to say the same thing that you said, but in a different way, um, the, the saints are not, um, are not minor gods of little places. Like <laughs> that, that, that's a great way of saying it. Yeah. That, I think sometimes we think of that way. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Like demi, demi gods, little minor gods. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's what, that's what the ancient Greeks did uh, mm-hmm. who were not before conversion. That's what the ancient Romans did mm-hmm. like before conversion. That's what the people of the promised land did when God brought true religion there, when he brought his people into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we cannot like regress to, you know, <laughs> again, St. Anthony is the demigod of lost objects. Well, no, <laughs> he likes to pray for us. And so we can, we can ask him to pray for us. And, you know, I lost something this morning too. And I prayed on my way to the gym that I would find it. And I looked in a certain place and I, I did not see it there. And when I got back from the gym, I accidentally looked, saw that same place and it was right there. I'm so, Lord, thank you. Thank you to St. Anthony and my guardian angel and to the Lord Jesus who makes all this possible, right? Who does all this. That's good. But it, it, none of this, none of this practical paganism mm-hmm. um, creep into. Uh, I didn't find my object. I just wanted to let you know that. So, <laughs> well, so St. Anthony likes your prayers more than he likes mine. So I guess this is <laughs> <what> I mean. <laughs> But it's okay because it isn't a superstition because he isn't a demigod. I'm not going to like hold it against him. You know, that like he didn't help me find the headphones. That's what I was looking for. You know, headphones, you know, for the interview or whatever. It's not, it, it, it's okay. You know, but I think you know, sometimes we can fall into that, that we, this expectation um, that if we just say this novena, the certain way we do this one thing, the certain way that somehow the results we're going to get exactly what we're looking for. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we can, that's an error in the spiritual life as a whole. You know, sometimes when we fall into this relationship with God, we review him as just a, a, a slot machine, you yeah. know, and, and that is a temptation then when sometimes when it comes to even our, our, our relationship with the saints, which is what we're trying to foster is, is relationship, not just superstition mm-hmm. or idolatry or usury, yeah. you know, any, any of those things. Yeah. Two things. Please. One, um, just to, to go to the superstitions, this one thing I feel like I have to say, like, if you are trying to sell your house, do not bury a statue of St. Joseph <laughs> or do not bury a statue of, of anyone. Um, th- that is, I, I haven't researched this thoroughly, um, but especially they say, you know, you get these little St. Joseph home seller kits. Those are not of the Lord. Like do not, they say, say bury the statue upside down yeah. and then dig it up once you sell your house. That is a pagan practice. That you're taking this idol of this God and saying, I'm going to punish you by burying you until you do what I want. That is total superstition. So if you want to sell your house, you can ask St. Joseph to pray for you. But actually get a statue of St. Joseph and put it on your mantle or put it in the front yard 
a, you know, get a big one if you can and put it or you get a little one, put it on your mouth, put it in your front yard and, 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 and ask for his help before God. Hmm. But don't do the again the the, the superstitious thing. But I know that one's common um, mm-hmm. in our area, and and I think it's important just to say that that is not good. And look, if you've done that and you didn't know what you were doing because you bought the box and and you read the instructions, like you know you're not culpable for that, uh, right? And so I mean, man, next time you go to confession, maybe mention it. But it's not like you have like you didn't know, so right. don't like beat yourself up over it. Right. But that, that's not good. Um, and you're right, Dr. Mario, that the next thing about that's we, we often have we have the temptation to do that with with God Almighty himself, with right. God. Himself. Right. And I, if we read the Bible, like clearly over and over and over again, especially as we see the people in the Old Testament, which reflect us so, so much that you know, the people are trying to treat God as one of these pagan, either demons or made up gods, depending upon which one, whom we give him something, he gives him, he gives us something back. We make the right sacrifices, we get rain, right? We make the right offerings, we get ch- children. Mm-hmm. And that's, not, and God is over and over again said, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Hmm. Like, I want you to be part of my family. I want to be in relationship with you. Like, this is about relationship hmm. over and over and over again. Um, and so don't, like, don't cheapen it as if it's cheap, cheap tricks. But let's be in relationship with God Almighty and in God with our friends in heaven, with the saints and with our friends on earth while we're at it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, it's hard to be reminded of that, of course, because at the end of the day, certainly God is not a, he's not some trinket that we just kind of pull out of our pocket. And Benedict talks about this, you know, in the introduction to Christianity, um, where he's like, the kingdom of God isn't like some thing that you can just kind of like pull out of your pocket and be like, here it is, you know, it's like some tool, some toy or whatever it is. And, and if somebody's telling you that that's what they have, then caution that because that's not the fullness of the reign of God. Um, so, so here we go. Yeah, so again, so we're trying to m- monitor in terms of the stories that, 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 that we surround ourselves with and the appropriate way of being able to pray to the saints and not just kind of superstition. Um, I'm just going to offer this as one, one other pet peeve, if, if I can, if I can say that sometimes like, so like the patron state of like first communion is, is like this, I don't know what's her name. It's, it's like this, um, Gemma, I believe who didn't, didn't she pass away when, didn't she die the, the moment that she took uh, communion, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. as an adult is a beautiful story, I guess, in terms of, you know, the fullness of faith and that she assents to that and she receives it. But be perfectly honest, I wasn't going to tell that to my, my eight-year-old, you know, because yeah. I, I didn't <laughs> want to scare him, you know, and be like, well, the saint, you know, who the patron of this experience is somebody who died, you know, right when she took it. And um, again, particular grace given to her and her life and, and, and that. But I didn't want it. I, that was too hard for me to, to feel like I was ready to explain that to, to, to my seven-year-old. Um, when they were, when they were about to receive it, I didn't want that idea or the possibility that they might die on the day of the first communion, kind of uh, gripping their, gripping their hearts. Um, so, uh, it's a, even like, like St. like St. Blaze is like the, the patron saint of throats. Uh, wasn't uh-huh. he, wasn't he beheaded or something? Is that right? Or, or no, was that? Well, he's the patron saint of throat ailments because like he prayed over somebody who was That's having it choking or something and they so were he, so he was right he was good saint lucy is like the patient of aisle trouble but like she her eyes were like gouts or something wasn't mm-hmm. she yeah but like mm-hmm. it's like a lot sometimes i think a lot of them at times it's like okay you know uh yes it, 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 maybe it's the way i interpret it so i'm willing to accept it you know but it's kind of like well you think you have eye problems so at least your eyes aren't gouged out you know like saint <laughs> lucy you, know, like, <laughs> you, oh, think you, think- you think you have headaches but at least your head wasn't crashed in you know like <laughs> for your martyrdom you know like so i know it's prudence right who do, with whom do you share this and when like with like with the children because mm-hmm. oh well um it shows like the glorification of the wounds right so, like saint lucy become the patron of people with eye problems because of the the suffering that she went through right. and like Jesus, <laughs> Jesus comes back. He raises, he's risen from the dead and he still has his wounds in his right. hands and his feet and his side. And he shows Thomas that, and uh, that's, that's beautiful. And I think that's probably why um, the church does, the church gives us these particular patronages to show how like the sufferings, how we can have hope in, in the sufferings. And, and that part, like that part is beautiful. Hmm. But that's, that's for a, a more, a more mature faith. 
Yes. That's not from the, that's not for the beginning. Right. And so we have to um, be wise as serpents and as we are innocent as doves, please Jesus. And I share those things with prudence and wind and also with explanation. Oh, here's why. Right. Yeah. That's a beautiful way of saying it. it no, I think you're right in terms of it just requiring prudence and timing of being able to have these conversations, um, which is why I didn't feel like I was had the verbiage to share that with my seven-year-old, you know, mm -hmm. when they're receiving first communion and, and why St. Gemma would be that. But you're right, of course, in terms of recognizing then that these are the stories and, and, and these stories do get glorified uh, precisely because, yeah, I mean, it's by the cross that we are saved, you know, our healing comes through, through that, the suffering of Jesus Christ, which ultimately leads to the resurrection and in, in, in our, in our redemption. Um, and so that, reality, you know, manifests in all the particular ailments. And so when we can look at the particular ailments of people who have uh, experienced these hardships, we can see and find hope and intercession kind of in, in all of that. Um, so this has been great. All right, Father Bryce, well, let's kind of bring this back to, to, to your book here, um, uh, Daily Lessons from, from the Saints. Um, why don't we just talk about it, about it a little bit? I mean, I know you said that Rock Ridge Press uh, reached out to you, but the final mm -hmm. format in terms of making this a digestible, um, you know, kind of easy to use kind of manual here, uh, what, what led you to that? And I guess I kind of spoiled it right there, but, but tell us a little bit about what the book actually is. Yeah, they said to me, they said, here's what we want. We want... Um, each saint gets a week mm -hmm. and, uh, and each day gets a little, um, a little factual paragraph and then a little like reflection or something to do or something, something practical. Mm -hmm. Um, and they said, try to get, um, half as many, um, men and women, like, you know, split in half as best you can and try to get some saints from like, not just like from Europe, right. right from, from all over the world. And so that, that was, that was it. Um, and then I went through, I just went through the calendar and tried to get four saints a month to where if you started it, you know, on January 1st, then you would, you would be around the feast day of the saint when, when you read it. Uh, or if you really want, if you start say in July or August, you can kind of open up to the, uh, to the middle of the book and find the saint first saint in August and just, you know, read around until you got back to where you were. Um, so that's it. You, you pick up the book and you open to whatever week that you're on. There's obviously 52 weeks and uh, you, you read day one takes you about five minutes and then you do the suggestion, which might be like um, reflect on um, who has mentored you in your life mm -hmm. and who has walked with you in the Christian life and thank God for them. Or if, if they're still alive and, and you can't like send them a thank you note or a message, or it might be, you know, spend five minutes in prayer with, you know, Isaiah 43, one through seven, because that was particular in the, the piece of the story of the saint that we were going through that day. So that's it. You pick it up in the morning or at night. Um, you take five minutes to read it and then you, you do the thing. And I think that um, if you do that for a year or you know, for a couple months, that'll help you grow closer to Jesus. At least that's that's the idea. And that's the plan. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Super easy, super digestible nuggets, nugget size. Um almost like a daily devotional type of thing that, that uh -huh. yes yeah that, that's exactly the very the very makes it very easy for you to then to have a week that you're praying with a particular saint and then kind of at least get a little bit of their story which just mm -hmm. is enough that if you want to then go read a further biography you know you can you can certainly take that exactly. so as you as you're putting it together um are there any anything that struck you as you were kind of reading about some of the lives of saints is there any story that surprised you or, or anything that that, that you learned that, that you thought was, was unique about one of the saints or anybody that you developed a, a further devotion to because of it? Yeah, I love the story. I've always loved the story of St. Josephine Baquita. Hmm. She, was, uh, she, was, she was a slave. She was kidnapped as a child and, um, and, and became a slave. And she was like so, Lord have mercy, so maltreated and abused that like, she forgot her name hmm. and nobody else knew her name. And um, she ended up with this name, Baquita, which means lucky, which is kind of, it, it, it doesn't match mm -hmm. right, with her life until um, she ended up, she ended up in Italy. She ended up in a Catholic family. She ended up 
finding Jesus Christ, being baptized, receiving the sacraments, fell so in love with Jesus Christ that she wanted to be his bride. She wanted to give herself to him completely. And so she became a nun. I mean, obviously she was no longer a slave and, um, and took the name Josephine and called her Josephine Baquita. Because in the eyes of the world, she was in no way lucky whatsoever, but she's in heaven. And this, this doesn't um, excuse all the evil and wretched and horrible things that were, that were done to her. And those things should not be done. And, and we should most certainly um, fight against slavery, which is so big today. We call it human trafficking, but it's mm-hmm. slavery. So, um, yeah. and, but so her story, I think, at least for me, it one encourages me to do what I can in the little ways in my life to fight against modern day slavery. Um, and, and it encourages me with hope. Uh, yes, like she is lucky. Even this horrible, horrible, horrible year of life that she found the Lord and she and she is in heaven. Hmm. Well, that 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 one is particularly um, strikes me particularly. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's great. I mean, that's that's awful story. Obviously, you know her her experiences, but at the end of the day, as you said, it's it's a reading it and recognizing then that um, being lucky. Uh, may not look exactly what we feel uh, or what we experience. And again, not to excuse the difficulties that have happened, but her, the particular grace that she received and her cooperation with that grace to be able to transform um, these challenges and to turn them into something good that, that ends up leading her, you know, certainly towards, towards heaven. Um, And so she is, you know, as we pray to her and, and receive her intercession. So um, wonderful, wonderful. Any others? Anything else you want to share? Yeah, that, that, I, there's two more quickly. Please. Um, that reminds me too of St. Anthony of Padua. Um, St. Anthony of Padua, one of the most famous Franciscan saints. He's patron saint of, well, we ask him for help when we lose just things. Asked him earlier. <laughs> he's also patron saint of uh, devotion to Jesus in the Eucharist. Hmm. And, and he's one of the most famous saints and a Franciscan. But um, he met St. Francis because his boat was blown off course. He was going from Northern Africa. Um, I think he was going to Spain, though I don't remember exactly. But the winds and all, his he ended up in Italy, and he ended up like meeting the friars in St. Francis and so forth. And because he is, because his boat got blown off course, he ended up becoming a Franciscan. Wow. And then all the other things in life followed after that. So to see the, the providence in that is beautiful. Hmm. Um, and there's another one. <laughs> I, I'm... Uh, sad to say that I don't remember which saint this was. Uh, There's 52 in the in the book, so you so you you you're you're pardoned. It's all right. There's a lot in there. <laughs> so she's a married a married woman, deeply in love with Jesus, and she was uh, reading the scriptures. She was sitting now, like to meditate on the scriptures and to pray. And like her children, one of her children needed her for something, uh, and then so she did that, and then she went back to pray. And then like her husband needed her for something, and then she did that, and then she went back to pray. And somebody else needed her for something, and she was interrupted. I think like five times mm-hmm. um, when she was trying to pray with this one line of this of the Psalms, and she was kind of annoyed by by that. I think um, every mom listening to the episode right now agrees in unison. They, they everybody's had that experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one, whoever, whichever one she, she whichever saint she is, when she got back to the Bible the fifth time, the letters of the, of the passage she was reading were gold. Wow. Like the Lord worked a little miracle. And what it seems that the Lord was showing is that like your fidelity to your vocation hmm. is this beautiful sacrifice of praise to me. Hmm. And I, I love that story because no, not all the moms who are listening, right. Are probably not going to have that miracle, mm-hmm. but because this one person had the miracle, like you can know that that is true yeah. and you can be assured that when you do all these things in your vocation with fidelity and with love, even if you might be a little frustrated and these kinds of things, that the Lord receives that as a prayer. And, and no, it doesn't excuse our quiet time in meditation. We all have to do that. But he receives that as a prayer. He receives that as a pleasing sacrifice and like he loves you. Hmm. Amen. That's beautiful. Wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing both of those stories. That's great. I, I will certainly share that latter one to my wife, who I know has had that experience many times <laughs> you know, of being interrupted, trying to just pray the Magnificat in the morning or, or the, the mass readings or whatever it is. Mm. So, well, Father Bryce, this has been a, a, a joy having you on the show. 
if uh, people have been interested about your work, uh, how can they find the book or find you uh, if they want to get more information? Uh, Father Bryce, um, all spelled out, F-A-T-H-E-R-B-R-I-C-E. You can go to fatherbryce.com and it has all of my stuff. You can go to Father Bryce on Facebook or on Instagram and you'll see all those things. Um, I'm just starting to get into YouTube. Uh, so you can go Father Bryce, F-A-T-H-E-R-B-I-C on YouTube. Um, the book is available on Amazon. Um, and they, they have it at stores somewhere also. Hmm. Um, but you know, the easiest place it, it, these days is, is Amazon and it, it's, it's right there. Um, so if you check out the YouTube channel, um, we got a lot of videos that we've done over the years and, um, and I'm getting ready, uh, God willing to do some more stuff. There'll be some more content. And then Facebook and Instagram, I just have kind of various like encouraging hmm. things that, um, I try to just put out there to help people to love Jesus. Praise the Lord. Good stuff. I'm a follower. I, I, I love the, the encouraging. Whenever you're, whatever book you're reading, uh, excerpts will, will, will come up uh, on, uh, on, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So I, lo- I love it. It's excellent. Um, all right. Well, final question asked all my first time guests, and I know you were ready for this one. So Father Bryce Higginbotham, <laughs> what gives you hope? The, the providence of God gives me hope that in whatever happens in life, Wherever, like my ship gets blown off course, like St. Anthony, or um, I have times of suffering. Thanks be to God, not nearly as bad as St. Josephine Bikita, but nonetheless, times of suffering. That no, I am, I am lucky. That 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 I am blessed because the Lord, over and over and over again, takes care of me, and He has continually proved that to me, over and over and over and over again, um, in my life. So the fact that God is God is real. God is my father and God will like uh, Romans 828, that famous passage says, God works all things uh, or God makes all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And if you have been baptized and I have been baptized, I am therefore called according to his purpose. So he's going to make things work out for my good. And that's what providence means. And uh, his providence gives me hope. Amen. Awesome. That's it, man. Well, Father Bryce, thank you so much uh, for offering your thoughts and your encouragement to us today. Uh, God bless you in the work that you're doing in your ministry and, um, and, and just keep doing it, man. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Mario. Y'all please pray for me. That's all the listeners and uh, you and your family as you can. Please, uh, please keep me in prayer, uh, especially in these days of transition in my life as I move across the ocean and learn Italian and do all those, uh, all those uh, fun, but a little scary and, and difficult things. Yeah. Well, praise God. Well, you, you got it all. You, you'll be great. So God bless you, man. You too, bro. Thank you. Okay, well, that does it. Another great show is done. I, I just have to share this honestly right at the very end here. I do have to let you guys know that I did find my headphones. It was really funny, actually. So after the show was done and I was wrapping up for the day, finished whatever other things I need to do, I got into my car and I opened up the center council and there were the headphones. So St. Anthony, he answered my prayers. He loves my prayers as much as he loves Father Bryce's. I was grateful to report this here on the edit, the post here uh, as, as we're kind of wrapping this thing up. So just saying, it, you know, you didn't have to, but uh, but but it works. Sometimes it works. And uh, just want to encourage everybody. Hope everybody's doing all right. Continue fostering devotions to particular saints and soliciting their prayers and being needy before them uh, so that they can offer those prayers to the Lord to help us in our journey so that we can all become the saints that God has created us to be. So God bless everybody. Now the show is done. Please check us out at Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Mario Sacasa. If you have any comments or any questions about this episode or other episodes of the Always Hope podcast, I'm always grateful to receive and those those comments, those questions from listeners and from followers on the social media platforms. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever it is, Dr. Mario Sacasa, that's the name. All right. Bless you guys.